This is what we're here to do today. We're, we're launching a two-week series, Melbourne. We're launching a two-week series as we come into next Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday. And the series is called The Helper. It's about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. This is, I'd say, one of my favorite topics. Uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to encourage you right from the outset, if you're new in your faith or maybe you're not yet a Christian, today is going to be so helpful for you to, to help you understand some things. But I don't want you just to leave today having understood some things. I actually also want you to receive some things, to have some transformation spiritually, okay? That's my prayer today. But for those of you who've, who are learning about the Holy Spirit, I want to give you two resources uh, probably 25, 30 years ago, I began to read about the Holy Spirit. So the first one uh, is a book by Benny Hinn called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. It's a classic. It's a classic. So that's uh, if you've never read the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, I'd love you to read that one. Uh, the other one, and if we don't have them, I won't mention it because you'll need to see it on the screen. So if we've got it, we'll pull it up. It's coming in a moment. But the next one is by Dr. Yongi Cho, and he, he's written a book as well. Uh, you can get it on YouTube, but it's called The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. And I've read both of those books numerous times. They're, they're exceptional. So if you want to go deeper in your walk with God, then I suggest you read those books. Is that cool? All right, don't worry about it, guys. We'll keep moving on. Oh, there it is. Did it come up? Oh, okay. Well, there was, no, put it up again because I just want to explain the other little thing. Okay, how to partner with the Holy Spirit, Dr. Yongi Cho. Okay, that is a YouTube video. Okay, so if you don't want to read a whole book, you want to listen to a 90-minute message uh, from Dr. Cho, quite funny, uh, how to partner with the Holy Spirit. You can grab your phone out. Just leave that up for a little bit longer. Highly recommend it. This is such a great, great topic. I want to share 10 things about the Holy Spirit this morning. 10 things. I want, I want to help you learn and connect with Him. The first thing that I want to share, so we're going to go through, there'll be a number of scriptures, but really part of, like I said, this is about education, but it's also about revelation and transformation. So the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I want to share some truth with you this morning. Number one thing about the Holy Spirit is He's a person. He's a person. The, the core scripture that I want us to bounce out of today is in John chapter 14, and it's Jesus talking with his disciples. And he says, I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So what we see there right from the outset is Jesus saying, I'll send you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not a force. He's not a mystical power. He's a person. Now he is powerful and he brings a force, but he is the third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three unique persons, 
all who have a different responsibility and role, yet they're all the same. Some, someone explained to me once the concept of the Trinity that water is ice and it's steam and it's liquid and all the same but all different. And so that's a good way to kind of understand the Holy Spirit. It's all the same but different, a different expression. So number one, he's a person. Number two, Jesus called him the helper, the helper. So in John 14, verse 16, he says this, I will pray the same scripture, the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Okay, another helper. What do you mean? Well, that Jesus is telling us that he's been the helper with the disciples. He's been the advocate. And we'll look at this word in a moment. And he said, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send you another helper. I've been your helper. But I've got to go because Jesus is restricted to a physical body. He's chosen to become a human being. He said, I've got to go, but I'll send you another helper. So someone like Jesus will come in his stead. That word helper in the Greek is parakletos. It comes from two Greek words, para and kaleo, and it means, one means beside, para means beside, kaleo means called, and so literally the helper or the advocate or that word, the parakletos, is the one who is called alongside to help. Called alongside. So Jesus was called alongside to help the disciples. He's saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to get somebody else who is called to come alongside. Now, the, the most common usage of this word, let me teach you for a moment, is actually a, a, around a court setting and it's a solicitor. It's a barrister. And so in a court setting in that day, the parakletos would come alongside the accused and would help them, would defend them, would give them guidance, would give them wisdom, would stand up for them, would, would be right there beside them, a helper. So many translations of this Greek word parakletos in some translations is the advocate. So another translation says, I'll, I'll go and I'll send the advocate. Another translation is the intercessor. Another translation is the counselor. If you've ever watched some kind of law sitcom and the judge says to the, the barrister, so what do you want to say, counselor? That's the Holy Spirit, counselor. He's the counselor. He's on your side. He's helping you. He's, he's working with you. Uh, he's the comforter is another translation of this word parakletos. He comes alongside to comfort us. This word appears five times in the New Testament. Four times is about the Holy Spirit in the book of John and what we're reading right now. The other time is about Jesus himself. So Jesus was the first helper. And then he said, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm restricted to one, one person. And he, and he said it in this, but I will still be your advocate. In 1 John 2 verse 1 says this, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Same word. We have a parakletos. With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The sense is that the prosecutor is the devil who's the accuser of the brethren, bringing accusations against you and I before God. And Jesus stands beside us, goes, not guilty, your honor. I've cleansed him with my blood. I've washed her with my blood. I am their parakletos. I'm their advocate. I'm standing for their righteousness. That's how we come into the throne room of God. So Jesus is still our helper, but he's seated in heaven. 
So he sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. I love this in John chapter 16, verse 7. It's all the same uh, night of the, before Jesus was crucified. He's telling them, I've got to go. So verse 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. See, at this point, the Holy Spirit's upon Jesus and with Jesus. He said, so I've got to go. And when I go, the Father will give me the Holy Spirit and I will send him to you. It's to your advantage. Because here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He hasn't been um, limited to a human body like Jesus was. Jesus became one of us. The Holy Spirit is a person, but in a, un, I don't know about you, I, I can't understand how I can get on a phone and, and sound waves go to the other side of the world. I don't understand how I can FaceTime somebody in America, how it works, I do, but I know it happens. I don't know how the Holy Spirit's a person and can be everywhere all at the one time, but I just know it happens. And so Jesus said, I've got to go so that the Holy Spirit might come and be your helper and your helper and your helper. I love that about the Holy Spirit. Number three is this. He is with us to connect us to God. Same verse, John 14, verse 7, the spirit of truth, the world can't receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Now watch this, for he dwells with you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and will be in you. He's with you and then he will be with you. So right now what that tells me is that the Holy Spirit, before we get right with God, before we become Christians, the Holy Spirit is with everybody. He's with us. He's not in all of us, but He's with us. And this is what the Bible tells us He does. He, he pours God's love out upon us. He draws us to God the Father. The Bible says no one can come to God unless the Father draws Him. How does the Father draw Him? It's the Holy Spirit. He comes and He pours love out on you. He also, He comes and He brings conviction. What you're doing is not right. You've got to get right with God. And people are like, oh, going to church makes me feel guilty. Often what it should do will make you feel loved, make you feel like there's a higher way to live, and a little bit of conviction that the way I'm living right now is displeasing God. That's not wrong. That is what will produce change. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Now, that's not your job or my job. Our job is to love people, to share what He's done in our life, and let the Holy Spirit be the one who brings a conviction in our lives. So he is with us. So, so when someone comes to church, and we heard here on the sunny coast earlier about Bethany coming to church, and she talked about being in church and, and in worship and wanting to cry. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. He's not in her yet, but he's with her, pouring out upon her the love of God, touching us in our pain demonstrating God's kindness. It's a, some people go, oh, there's a buzz, there's an electricity. When you get a meeting that's alive with the Holy Spirit, what's going on? You don't have to be a Christian. You can sense something's going on because the Holy Spirit, the helper, is with us. And his, his role is to help us to connect with God. Number four, he gives us the new birth. So Jesus paid the price for your sin so that we could be forgiven. Jesus shed his blood so that we could be cleansed of our sin. But it's the Holy Spirit who takes the blood of Jesus and He applies it to the individual who repents and it's the Holy Spirit who brings a new, a new birth and a new generation, a regeneration. 
Titus 3 verse 5. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life or regeneration. How? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit took the blood of Jesus. He he applied it over your soul to cleanse you of your sin and me of my sin. And once we were cleansed and made right and holy with God, a place that God could live, He then regenerated us, the greatest miracle there could ever be. We became a new creation. The new birth is the working of the Helper. It's what He does. How are we going here this morning? That's helping you. I'm helping you, but He's the Helper. Let's Anyway, let's keep going. Number five, He lives in us to help and transform us. Now, I, I love this about God, okay? This, we often kind of get this a little bit confused, but the Bible tells us that the Father is seated on the throne in heaven. Jesus has ascended and is at the right hand of God. And the, now the Holy Spirit is, is hovering all through the earth, right? We're in the age of the Holy Spirit. The age that we're in, once Jesus went back to heaven and Pentecost came, is the age of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said some things that can be a little tricky. So let's look at one of them. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And I'm like, okay, we, you're in heaven, Lord. You're seated in a new spiritual body, seated in heaven, father's in heaven. And the Holy Spirit's the the one who comes to live in us, but you say we. And I I was thinking about that. Why does he say we? Then this is is the thing that I thought of the most. I don't know if you've ever uh, met someone who said, uh, we're pregnant. Ever ever met anyone? They're like, yeah, hey, great news. We're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And I'm like, (laughs) I, I get it. Not technically correct, but I get it. Josh and Jekina are pregnant. Josh and Jekina are going to have a baby. Shekinah's going to do all the heavy work. <laughs> Shekinah's going to do all, all, all no, it'll be awesome. Shekinah's going to have the baby. Josh will be there holding her hand. He'll get all the glory. The baby looks like you. He'll get all the glory. She'll do all the work. That, that's what I feel like happens when Jesus said, we're going to come and live in you. It's the Holy Spirit who's going to come and live in you. But because he's one with God, then God comes to live with us because he's the spirit of the Father. He's the spirit of Christ. When Jesus speaks to you, the voice you hear is the Holy Spirit. When the Father speaks to you, the voice you hear is through the Holy Spirit because he's the one who lives in you. But it's, we're going to come and make our home in you. I love that. He's God when you, now, so this is what happens. When you become a Christian, you might be watching online. You might be sitting there in Melbourne. A friend's brought you to church. You may be here today and there's never, you, you've never connected with God. You've never invited him into your life. You've never asked him to forgive you of your sins. Today could be the most transformational, important day of your life because when you get forgiven of your sins, this is what happens. God comes to live in us. He comes to live in us. The Bible says this, that our body uh, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
So now he lives in you. Jesus, this is what Jesus said, for he dwells with you. John 14, verse 17. He dwells with you and he will be in you. He'll be in you. So when Jesus is hanging out with the disciples, they're seeing miracles. They're seeing the power of God. They're experiencing amazing teaching. Their heart's burning because the Spirit of God's resting upon Jesus and, and Jesus is one with the Holy Spirit but they don't yet have the Holy Spirit in them. He said, this is, he said it, he dwells with you and he will be in you. So here's what happens. Once Jesus is crucified, once the blood of Jesus is available to cleanse us from our sin and he's raised from the dead, well, the first thing he does when he walks into the room with the disciples, Bible says, let's, let's have a look at what happens. John chapter 20, Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, John 20, verse 21 and 22, also I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. They couldn't receive the Holy Spirit before them because they weren't holy and righteous. But once they've been cleansed, the, this is what happens. This is the born again experience. The new birth is we receive the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives in us. He comes and begins to work in us. So every person who's a Christian is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Every person who's been born again now has the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And He works in us. This, this is what I want you to know. The Holy Spirit on the inside, He comes to live in you for you. He comes upon us for others, but He comes to live in you for you. He comes to draw us closer to Jesus. He comes to pour God's love into our lives. He comes to transform. I think one of the greatest ways He transforms us is He pours love into us. The Bible tells us that He pours the Father's love into us. He, he changes our hearts so that we want to cry out, Abba, Father. He he brings fruit into our life. He's got all these, all these markers. It's Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These, the, these are the fruit. This is, if you were to describe the Holy Spirit, love. That's who He's like. If you were to, if you were to describe His personality, He's, he's joyful. He's peaceful. He's long-suffering. He's good. He's faithful. And so when He comes into you and I, if we let him, he transforms us. He produces the fruit of God in our lives. He heals our broken heart. The Holy Spirit works. In so, so when we have moments, whether it be at church or whether you're at home worshiping or, or reading your Bible, when we have moments with the Holy Spirit, with God and worship and healing comes, the agent for healing is the Holy Spirit. He's inside of you. He's the one who's prompting you to forgive that person. He's the one who's asking you to repent of that thing. He's the one who pours into our heart God's love, and He's the one who transforms. He is amazing. He's our helper. He helps us and transforms us. Now, He, he comes into us for us, but He comes upon us for others. 
Next week is Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to unpack this a lot more. Uh, next, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about this. The, the Spirit of God came upon Jesus. So Jesus, He was born, and He was born with the Spirit of God. He was the Son of God. But He had a moment after His baptism that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon Him. And it was only that before that, they said that He earned favor with man and with God. Before that, he studied the Word. Before that, he, he, he was behind the scenes and quiet. But the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and he begins to step out and minister. There is a difference between the Holy Spirit being in you because you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit coming upon you as an experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that will empower you to live a life that's powerful. Now, it's not one or the other. What we don't need is Christians who are powerful without the fruit of the Spirit of God. But what we also don't need is people who have got great character, who don't have the power of the Holy Spirit to transform the world. We need both. So I'm not going to talk much more about that. We'll talk about that next week. Okay, this, this will be one of my favorites. Number seven, he wants to have fellowship with us. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or fellowship of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Amen. So in this verse, Paul's writing about three things that the Trinity do, three things that each of, each of God does. Father, pours, he's, he's pouring love into your life. Jesus, through what he's done at the cross, has, gives us grace grace, undeserved merit, undeserved favor, grace to follow him. And the Holy Spirit, communion, fellowship. He, the Holy Spirit wants to hang out with you and I. He wants to spend time with us, not just with our shopping list. He helps us pray. He helps us. He intercedes with us. He knows the right thing, the will of God. So he'll help us pray. He'll help us to worship but he actually wants to hang out with you. That's probably the greatest thing I got out of Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. He wants to hang out with you. I don't know if you've ever had the guilt trip moment where someone from the Compassion team tells you what happens when the letters get delivered to the Compassion Village. This will help everybody remind to write a letter. But I know we've had teams go overseas and come back and describe what happens when the letters for the week are taken to the Compassion Village. And the, the instructors stand out the front, and all the kids hang around waiting, hoping it's their turn to get their letter. And they read out the name of this one, and the little kid's like, yes, I got a letter or a gift. This one, I got a letter and a gift. This one, I got a letter of a gift. And then everybody else is like, that's it? I know, who needs to write a compassion letter? Come on, all right, there we go. I do, it's true. Yes, Holy Spirit, who sounds remarkably like my wife at times. Remarkably like my wife. He uses her way more than I'd like to admit. I can see the Holy Spirit being like that. You and I wake up in the morning, he's like, I wonder if they're going to hang out with me. 
I wonder if they're going to spend some time with me. He loves communion with us. He loves just hanging out with us. Because when you hang out with Him, He does all these things. He pours the Father's love into our heart. He brings peace to us, joy to us. So how do you hang out with Him? It's quite easy. It's, it's easier than you think. It's, pro- it's probably just you can do it all day and have communion with Him. But I find if I don't deliberately set aside time to hang out with Him, my brain just gets caught up in my day. So I just, I just will put some worship music on. Get in a, for me, I like to get in a dark room, otherwise I get distracted. Find some music that moves my heart and just predetermine how long I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to wait and talk to him and wait and talk to him. And it's like, he's like, yes, they're giving me some time. They're hanging out with me. I was talking to a friend this week who described someone who put in their, their daily ritual when they came home for 20 minutes when they came home, they would lie down and put some worship music on to, to try and not come home stressed and, and all freaked out. And so they put this music on and just, you know, people, some people call it soaking, just waiting in God's presence, worshiping. Did it for a week and a half and after a week and a half, his wife said, what have you been doing? You've changed. You're not as stressed as much. You don't get up cranky about things. You're not reacting to stuff. Really? 20 minutes of waiting in worship? Because we live in a generation and a day and age where entertainment is thrown at us from every angle. And often we think what I need is just to switch off and escape. Watch something that'll distract me. I'm into watching stuff. That's not the big deal. But if it comes at the expense of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we're missing one of the greatest things that we can give ourselves to. Communion, friendship, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. 10 minutes a day, I tell you what, it'll whet your appetite. You're like, oh, that's not long enough. Or maybe I should spend longer. Some days, other days it won't work. But it's so easy. And it's so life-changing. He is, he wants to have fellowship with us. The last three, let me jump through these. Bible tells us about God's names, Jehovah. So we've talked about this before. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rapha, he's the God who heals. Well, the Holy Spirit has names. Bible talks about different aspects of who the Holy Spirit is. He's called the Spirit of Holiness, which makes a lot of sense, since his name is the Holy Spirit. In Romans 1 verse 4, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's the spirit of holiness. That means when He works in our life, He makes us holy. Now we're already righteous because of Christ, but there's a sanctifying work. The Spirit of God, He he transforms us day by day. He, He can be He can be grieved. So if you want to have communion with Him, and when you taste His presence, when you taste communion with the Holy Spirit, I tell you, it becomes addictive. And then 
what happens is you realize that the Holy Spirit is grieved by sin. So he backs away. When, when we sin, the Holy Spirit just shrinks back. I'm not going to say he gives you the silent treatment. But he shrinks back. He's grieved by sin. So when you're walking with God and when you're tasting of fellowship with the Holy Spirit, not because you're a leader or a minister, but just because you're his friend, not sinning is not because there's some rules that you're trying to obey. Not sinning is because you don't want to offend your friend. You don't want him to step back from you. It's way more powerful than trying to be a rule keeper. Friendship with the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of holiness. He's the spirit of truth. When the helper comes, I'll send to you from the Father. The spirit of truth will testify of me. He points us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's not about pointing us to himself. He's always wanting to point us to Jesus. He's always wanting to magnify Jesus. He's always wanting to reveal Jesus to us. And the last thing is this, and we're going to pray together soon. Another one of his names, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of truth. There's more than this, but here's just three. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So this is what the Holy Spirit does. Because he wrote the Bible, when you read his Bible, he brings it alive to you. He's the spirit of revelation. He's the one who makes it make sense to us. He lives in us. We fellowship with him. You say, Holy Spirit, we're going to read the word right now. Would you help me read the word? And he brings it alive to us. He's the spirit of revelation. You need wisdom for a situation you're facing. You say, Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of wisdom. I don't know what to do here. Can you help me? And so often it's not audible sounds, but it's just like, you're like, take a step, and he's like, uh-uh, not that one. You're like, oh, you just sense it. Uh-uh, oh. What about this one? Yeah. That's the Spirit of God. We're walking with him. We build fellowship every day with him. He's the Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Jesus said, he'll bring to your remembrance the things that I told you. So you, you've read stuff in the Bible. You think you've forgotten it. It's been stored in your mind in the Holy Spirit at the right moment. He'll bring it to your remembrance because he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Can we close our eyes together right now? Melbourne as well, online as well. I'm teaching today really because I want us to understand the helper, our advocate. We love your Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We want to be a church and a people who are tuned to you, who honor you, who honor your presence. So I'm asking for every one of us who already know you and you live in us, Help us to go deeper in our fellowship with you. You can talk to him. You can say good morning, Holy Spirit. You can share your thoughts with him. 
He'll whisper back to you. He wants to hang out with you. So help us go deeper. Lord, for those of us today who don't know you yet, in a moment we're going to ask you to come and live in hearts where you haven't, you've been with but you're not inside. So I pray in that moment that you'll give courage to people to connect, to come back to you, to repent and get right. I pray that you'd empower us and fill us in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to hand you back to Toby, Melbourne. God bless you guys. You're awesome. Have a great morning. For those of us here, can we just keep our eyes closed for a little bit longer? You might be here today and, and you're not in a relationship with God. You've never invited the Holy Spirit to come and live in your life. You don't have the peace, the sense of love, security that comes from God living on the inside of you. And if that's you, if, you, if, you don't, if you're not in a relationship with God in a moment, I'm going to uh, pray with you. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And in your seat, you can pray this prayer in a moment, inviting God into your life, inviting Him to forgive you, inviting Him to give you a fresh start. It'll be a game-changing moment for you if you surrender your life to God. You're watching online. This is for you in a moment. So what I'll get you to do before we do that, in a moment, I'll just say, and I'll, I want you to raise your hand if you're wanting to invite God into your life. Just, and I'll see your hand, and I'll just say, hey, I see your hand, and you can put it down, and then we're all going to pray together. You'll pray after me. Because God loves you so much. He wants to be in a relationship with you. You might have once been in a relationship with God, but you're not right now. And you've drifted away from Him. And you know you're not right with God. Today's the day to get right with Him. Today's the day to reconnect with Him, to invite Him back into your heart. Or maybe you're just here this morning and you're not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. You hope you are, but you don't have a peace and a confidence and assurance about that. When God comes into your life, He brings an assurance about eternity. You're not afraid of death. You're confident you're going to spend it with Him. You're going to spend eternity with Him. So if you're not sure, you might believe that God's real. You're just not sure you're going to heaven. In a moment, I want to include you. So that's three types of people. If you've never invited God into your life and you want to begin a relationship with Him, today's your day to begin. If you've drifted away from God and you need to come back to Him, today's your day to come back to Him. Or if you want to be sure you're going to heaven, this is your moment. So right now, if you're in one of those three categories, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. Awesome, mate. Thank you. I see your hand. Who else right now? Just raise your hand up. Say, that's me as well. Thanks, mate. I see your hand as well. Who else would you raise your hand if that's you? You want to get right with God. If you're watching online as well, this is your moment to connect with God. I'm wondering who else today needs to come back and get right with God or just needs to be sure you're going to heaven or wants to get right with Him for the first time. Come on, give me a wave if that's you as well. We're going to pray together in a moment. You're joining with these two who have raised their hand. When God comes and knocks on your heart, it is the Spirit of God at work. He's, as we said earlier, He's with you. He's, he's setting things up. There's not an accident that you're here today. He's moving around your life, circumstances. He's wanting you to know how much God loves you. But ultimately, you can't. He can't force His way into your life. You have to receive Him. So I'm wondering one more time, if you haven't put your hand up yet, but you know you should. 
Would you raise it right now? We're going to pray together. Raise it high. Say, that's me. Thank you, mate. I see your hand as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Oh, man, I just feel like there's one more person. I'm just going to wait a moment. That's three people. Is there somebody else? Come on, somebody else. Your heart's pounding. God's speaking to you. Christians are praying right now for you. Thank you, mate. I see your hand. That's awesome. Fantastic. All right, we're going to pray together. Church, we're going to all pray these words after me. And those ones, four men today, you raised your hand. I want you to pray after me and say these words, but not to me. You're saying them to God. Say this after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I'm sorry. I turn to you today, Jesus, and I invite you into my life. I put my faith in you. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank you today that I am forgiven, that I'm born again, that I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together for these ones surrendering to God. So proud of you, every one of you. God bless you. Thank you. A little bit after the service, one of our team is going to connect with you. We want to give you a gift. We want to help you follow Jesus. The best thing you can do to follow Jesus, two things we talk about every week. Number one, just keep coming to church. We're a family who are all following Jesus together, and we want to help you, help you follow Jesus. And the second thing, we run a course called Alpha, and uh, it, it runs quite regularly in our church. It's a, it's a short course, video, discussion, food, uh, really unpacking what the Bible's all about and who Jesus really is. So we'd love you to uh, do Alpha at some point in the future. Come on, one more time, church. Put your hands together.